Hey, everybody, and welcome to week 26 of 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I'm your host, Andrea Pagnosi, and I am also a career empowerment coach who is fiercely dedicated to getting everyone in 2022 to realizing their true career potential. If you've been following us for the last 26 weeks, you'll know that programs that we've put on have, in fact, based on feedback, helped people feel more supported, feel more in touch with what they really want to be doing. They're more prepared for interviews. People are saying that they're just much more centered and grateful for the job they have, but also very wary of best practices and the way they should be treated and the way they should be appreciated at work. And frankly, those who've been holding themselves back because they have these self-limiting beliefs are saying, yeah, a lot of what your guests are saying has helped. So for those of you who haven't been following, we're going to do a mid-year review. We're halfway through the year. This is about the time that folks start to settle into this summer mode and kind of press pause on all things productive. Well, that's critical. It's critically important to take time for oneself and relax and refuel, but it's also a great time to reflect on the first half of the year and rejuvenate the plans you had originally. And these may be plans that you had day one of this year, but they may not be manifesting. So this episode is going to take us back to week one, episode one, and reframe abundance. As you know, for those of you who've been fans and following the show, this year was all about starting with a mindset of abundance. Operating with that mindset is a far better way to start the year than the way we most of our years have started. Not just pandemic years, but all the years that we beat ourselves up over how much weight we gained over the holidays, how lazy we are, how miserable we are, the relationships that aren't working, the woulda, coulda, shoulda moments in our lives that we lament over. And then we set up these obstacles. I don't think that they are goals at all, but we call them New Year's resolutions. And by January 30th, everybody has gone back on them. And the reason is, I'm actually going to quote Jay Shetty here. He's a very, very influential speaker, used to be a monk. He's going through a program right now that I'm, I'm enjoying, and it's called Jay Shetty's Reset 2022. And he's got the same mindset that I have right now, which is this is the time of year, midway through, where everybody's just sort of gives up on everything that they want to do because it hasn't happened yet. So why bother? The reality is, as he said yesterday in his program, the slower you change your habits, the longer they stay is what he said. And the reality is he's right. If you've been doing the same old job for 20 years, stayed at the same place of business for five, six, seven, eight, 10, 15 years, and you're still experiencing not getting what you want, not being treated the way you deserve to be treated, not getting that promotion, always being passed over, and you have this sort of negative mindset that it's never going to happen, you've got to slowly and incrementally start to build your plan to offboard that position. Because if you don't, you're going to be bringing the baggage with you. So if you cannonball into the deep end of a pool and you can't swim, it doesn't make you swim any faster. You've got to learn to walk before you run. You've got to learn to swim and tread water before you cannonball into the deep end of the pool. And for sure, you've got to have a plan in place that means you incrementally step away from your place of business into something different. You can't just do it in one fell swoop. So this episode throughout is going to reflect on the advice given by my fabulous guests for the first six months of this year who are experts in their field, 
whether it is human resources or coaching or corporate trainers or public speakers, motivational speakers. We had a lot of amazing guests that I am proud to call my peers. And they gave a lot of really good advice to get you to incrementally start to plan for something better. And we're going to talk about the finer points month by month, episode by episode, to give you sort of a Cliff's Notes version of what the last six months have been like. And we're also going to give you a snapshot of what the next six months are going to be. We started this program because we wanted to empower people. And you don't start the year by saying, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm not enough of this. We wanted to get out of that lack, L-A-C-K mindset and sort of pivot you towards this abundance mindset. I may not be where I want to be, but the things that I'm experiencing today will help me get there. That's what an abundance mindset is. We asked you to reframe the lack of mindset with one of strengths and passions you possess, urging people to trust the process and that it all has meaning and it it can't be failure. We always say, well, starting the year wanting to lose about 25 pounds. I've done this every year for the last five years. I don't know what I'm doing wrong because you set these unreasonable goals. If you've never lost weight at any rapid pace, don't say that by April one, you're going to be fitting into a size two when you're a size 10. Number one, unhealthy. Number two, reach out to your doctor, to your friends who've had successful weight loss and say, these people are in my life for a reason. Ask for help. Don't just go it alone because going it alone has not helped you to date. It's not going to suddenly happen at, at once. So what we tried to do was align people, not to weight loss, I use that as an example, but to people who were saying in their careers, it's just like shedding pounds. I can't shed this job. I can't shed the negative people around me in this place of business any longer. So what can I do? And so we gave you incremental steps to think differently, plan differently, interview differently, job search differently, so that we would enable you to help yourself. It can't be failure if you've learned from it. As long as you try and you learn from the experience, it can't be failure. So we started to say, don't be looking at all the times you thought you were going to get that promotion and didn't as failure. Look at it as a unanswered prayer that has helped you dodge a really negative situation. It was then after that episode, episode that we segued to what I believe is the holy grail of finding a new job and job searching. And that is defining yourself by building your personal brand, your personal, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table story. This was a two-part series that we talked extensively about the need for people to articulate the real story before social media does it for you. Companies are continuing to use social media platforms as a way to take a snapshot of who somebody is walking into your business. And are they the type of person you want representing your business? Well beyond like They're looking at Facebook. They're looking at Instagram. They're looking to see what you stand for and represent. And I tell this to my college graduates all the time. And they judge you based on that because they don't know you. They don't know who you are. They don't want to see you putting derogatory things on social media and saying, and oh, by the way, I work for this company. It brings their company stature down. So whatever you say verbally needs to be visually represented in an online persona. Additionally, we spoke about your internal narrative at a company. So you may love the company you're at, but you're not getting anywhere. They like you, but you're not on anybody's radar. So when you want to get ahead 
or into another role, even where people know you, you need to communicate who you are, what you want to do, and what relevant experiences you have to position yourself. Think about it. You've been with your company five, six, seven years. You interviewed with somebody who's not even at the company anymore. They've left, they've moved on, or they got promoted and they're no longer your boss. So they don't even know what your resume says coming into the place of business any longer because you're only known from what have you done lately? What's the job you've done for this company? They don't care about what you did before, but you do because that's valuable experience that could be leveraged towards something else in the organization. You've got to get on people's radar. And the way to do that is to find ways to chat yourself up when opportunities arise and say, hey, I'd really like to do that. Proactively say before even the opportunities available to your boss, hey, I'd like to talk to you about career path. This is what I'm thinking. How can you help me get there? What are the gaps that may exist? And how can I learn? How can I best position myself for that next level opportunity? Those are conversations that I've heard from some of the listeners have started to take place for the first time in many years. That isn't a New Year's resolution. That is progress. You did a great job. And when you have to position yourself, it's really important that you have a sounding board to talk to, not just to say, hey, am I saying the right things? But can you lobby for me in the areas that you may find an opportunity that I could be interested in? It's important to have people who are lobbying for for you, supporting you, because people have that outside a company. They're called references. So it's really important to have that kind of reference internally as well. And we talked about ways to do that. Episodes two and three this year were all about that. Toward the end of the month, we added the need to apply clarity to what you aspire to do. It's okay to have a great story. It's okay to have a wonderful narrative, but beyond that, you've got to be super duper clear about what you want to be doing next. So we realized that many people don't really know who they are or what they want to do exactly. So we discussed some ways to pinpoint things through assessments, hiring a career coach, shadowing people who do what you think you want to do, participating in career fairs, both virtual and now they're starting to come back face-to-face and start broadening your network, those references I talked about, and finding out about opportunities on LinkedIn and Indeed and Monster and all the great search engines that are out there. We talked about one of the biggest reasons why people aren't doing any of that. And it's because they cannot hang out the do not disturb sign. Finding a job is like a full-time job. One of the biggest excuses why people don't leave businesses is because I can't take the time off. I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth. If you want to do something, you do it. No matter what happens, you want to move. It take two, three days to move out of a house to another house. You found a way to do it. You want to get out of a relationship. You broke up with a person. It sucked. You embraced the suck and you moved on. You want to put your mind to something, you do it. You don't do it because you're comfortable. You may complain about the comfort. You may say you're completely uncomfortable, but until you take the steps to move on, it's not going to happen. None of those people, your network, a coach, a recruiter, none of them can do it for you, but they can hold your hand and pull you along and help you and make it a lot easier for you. But you've got 
to take the time. You've got to put up boundaries. Boundaries allow for better alignment of work and life. We discuss one of the most prominent business minds today, Dory Clark. She did a TEDx talk in Boston and talked about her observations about how busy people are and how ironic it was that the very reason why the majority of businesses who were successful attributed their success toward long-term strategic thinking. In the same breath, she shared similar statistics that said companies didn't have any time to do long range planning. So (laughs) it's that dog chasing your tail. You're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to catch the tail. Agility, time management, and prioritization. We talked a lot about those things. If you don't have time, you have to find it. And these three things are requisite to productivity, agility, time, and prioritization. Abundance is not having all the time in the world. Abundance is using the time you have effectively. Abundance is not overstating your objectives or who you are. It's simply being clear about the things that you want and how you align with them. Abundance is not complaining all the time about where you're at and how you want to be somewhere else. Abundance is taking a framework, a plan, and following it to the best of your abilities and appreciating where you are while you're there as experience. You may not know today why, but tomorrow you may need that experience to help others. That's abundance. Is it being appreciative and being thankful for what you have? And if you aren't applying these principles yet, you're probably just still existing where you are. I want to empower you to live, live your truth, live positively with the hope that you can truly become what you wish to become professionally. There are people listening to the show who are doing that, but it does take time and it does take priorities and it does take a believable story that's clear. It takes your mind to look at what you have as potential instead of looking at it as a dead end. That's abundance. We moved over in February toward a different path of empowerment in the workplace itself. We took stock of how organizations need to promote engagement and connect with their employees by creating meaningful, safe spaces. And above all, just communicate. During COVID, nobody knew what to say, how much to say, when to say it, how to say it. We're in a virtual world. How can we possibly communicate? Actually, some companies are saying that they communicate and are further connected in a virtual framework. Our corporate solutions expert, Rhonda Robinson, shared the ways in which companies can create more connection and empowerment through implementing sustainable changes. But it takes asking questions, listening to the answers, actively listening, and meeting and aligning with employees where they're at. Instead of trying to cookie cutter approaches and blanket problems by putting, as she likes to call it, and I love this phrase, lipstick on a pig, she shared how to do something meaningful for an organization. And here's the kicker, sustainably roll it out. That's that incremental thing that I was talking about. And Jay Shetty has been talking about taking incremental steps towards real change. It takes time. And to roll that out, it has to be sustainable. It's not a one and done. It's an incremental, gradual build toward better habits 
toward better communication, towards more connectivity, not assuming based on survey results, but by really connecting and communicating to find solutions that make sense and get to the heart of matters. We followed up Rhonda's well-listened-to program with another two-part series on having difficult conversations. One from your perspective, talking to your boss, talking to HR, talking to coworkers about things like, I want to raise, I want to get a promotion, how can you help me? The next episode was from the vantage point of the company itself on topics such as layoffs, promotions and career paths, competency models, and money. How do they have those conversations back? And when all else fails to exhaust your potential within an organization, we ended the month with Moni Yates, our HR recruiting expert, who shared the finer points of setting yourself up for success in an interview. So I have to ask you, February's been and gone, March, April, May, June, here we are. Where are you now with your employer? Have you applied any of the having difficult conversation advice we gave you? Are you having A, B, C, D conversations with your employees? What are those? Well, they're in the episodes. I highly encourage you to listen to it. But in a nutshell, A comes from that place of abundance. So you come to somebody with a situation and you say, hey, it's not optimal, but here it is. You talk about balance. Help me help you through this situation with a clarity of what you want the outcome. If you go to a boss and you say, hey, I'm here to talk to you today about I've been here, you know, six, seven years, consistent results. I'd really like to be on somebody's radar for a promotion, but I don't know how to get there. Can you help me? That's that help me help you. You can't expect the boss to be like waving a magic wand and tomorrow you get a promotion. That's not how it works. But you could say at the end of this conversation, I would really like to have a career path starting that we can both commit to. I promise I won't take my finger off the pulse of the business, but at the same time, be growing and developing in a way that gets me to where I would rather be in my career. That's clarity. That's what I want to come out of this conversation. And what follows the D is a two-way dialogue. So abundance, balance, clarity, and two-way dialogue, where both people shape and form the conversation. Are you having those conversations? Do you take those steps? Have your organization become more proactive with communication that may be lacking? How have they done it? Have they enabled people further in their roles by lightening loads, listening to people, setting more reasonable, more attainable expectations? And if they haven't, have you broached any of those difficult conversations? Go back to those episodes and listen to the ABCD techniques. They're easy. And I guarantee it will shift the way that you have difficult conversations in your life. Forget just with your boss. It's going to shape the way you talk to your kids. It'll shape the way that you talk to your husband. It works. It shifts the way that you approach them, which is the most important thing. When you're downtrodden and you're not in the right place in your life and you're unhappy, you approach it negatively, don't you? So instead of being defensive or driven by your ego, come at these things with a can-do, meet-me-halfway, solutions-focused attitude. So I ask you, why haven't you had these discussions? Why is it June and you still haven't scheduled these discussions? What are you afraid of? Well, they talked about cutbacks. It's not the right time. They've laid off some folks. I really need this job. Inflation. There are a million reasons not to, but none of those reasons get you closer to your goal. I'm not saying go rogue, but think of a soccer game. Here's the forward. He's approaching the net with the ball. There's some really, really good people in the backfield protecting the net, including the goalie. World-class. You think that that forward is not going to take a shot if he can? He's not paid to think that way. 
and they get paid a lot. Neither should you be thinking that way. You sh- you're not being paid to think about what makes it easy for them. You're being paid to do your job, which you do well and should be recognized for. Bottom line, don't lose sight of that. What can you do now that positions you better later on? Go back to February, listen to those episodes. They're powerful. March, we revisited the topic of clarity with Steve Woodruff. Amazing. Everybody calls him the king of clarity. And there's a reason. We did this not only to echo the importance of being super clear, but approach it from the angle of communication and how it makes a difference to your company, your career, and can be a blessing to both. We talked about really creative ways in identifying who you are and your value proposition to a company, as well as theirs to you. We also met a woman who just completely shifted my respect for being creative in the workplace. That's Heather Barnes. She works for a company that she started called Improv at Work. And she is finding new ways to take and leverage true improv, true stand-up improv acting techniques and applying them to new ways of communication that can have a profound impact on a company and regain or even build trust that never existed before. We talk about incremental change, making it last, building better habits through incremental change. That's what Heather does for companies. It also allows for safer spaces to have real conversations about things like burnout, overwhelm, and it lined up nicely to our next episode with Melinda Dransfield talking about how companies should be enabling employees to be well, live happy, and thrive. Those are her three focus areas for her company. Be well, live happy, and thrive. We even assessed ourselves. She gave us a little assessment there in her episode talking about how close are we to burnout? How do we define success? What is success anyway? There is no price precious enough. We have this focus on hyper achievement that amounts to things that get us here, but in order to maintain it, the human cost has been excessive. Not just the well-being of heart attacks, strokes, high blood pressure that are caused by anxiety and malcontent, but really focusing on the wellness of just making just decisions, keeping your headspace in the right place. That was what Melinda really focused on and helping each other through these changing times in business. We looked at cultural leadership organizational and individual approaches to solve for this. And when the solutions don't happen, we talk shop in our final episode of the month about pivoting careers. When you realize that what you're doing is not enough of a change to make you happy, there are not greener pastures out there. Every company has its own issues, but if you plan wisely to pivot, you can find the purpose you need at this stage of your career. So we talked about how you can leverage your skills and strengths in what you do today, even if it's changing to a completely different type of business, we talked about positioning yourself favorably toward that next career. The month took a very clear path from being concise and trying new ways to make it work, gauging how far it's gone truly, and then taking a turn from the rotary you seem to be continuously circling and you can't get off of. So what have you determined by applying clarity to your life? I'm curious. What difference has it made? Don't know? 
Maybe it's because you haven't applied it. Maybe it's because you believe things are crystal clear as is. I'm not going to get promoted, but I have a job. I guess that's an abundance mindset. But if you truly want to get ahead, don't push that away. Don't tuck that away. There are opportunities out there to get what you want. Taking the attitude of I'm nothing but a number. They aren't promoting anyone this year. The only value they want from me is to execute, execute, execute. If that's what makes you happy, then great. But that's not an abundance mindset. An abundance mindset is things will change, but until they do, here's, I'm going to work on me. What needs to change with me? What can I change? Where am I in terms of burnout? Let's review those questions from Melinda Dransfield's assessment briefly. Have you accepted that it's normal to be permanently stressed out? Are you constantly tired? Are you sacrificing yourself and the time you spend with the people you love because you're constantly working? Is it hard to turn off at night? Do you have trouble sleeping? Do you feel guilty that you aren't happy enough? Do you have the urge to just run away from it all? Do you get the Sunday scaries and the Monday blues? Awareness is the birthplace of change. And if you can identify any of these things, you need an escape route. The entire month of July is going to be all about forging your own path from job searching right down to helping others in the workplace find themselves, taking control of your clock making it work for you. We got you to think differently about ways to communicate by bringing people onto our show like Heather Barnes, who talked about the improv at the workplace. We're going to connect with even more people in the back half of this year who do amazing things, but they didn't always. They convalesced for a long time in careers that offered very little enjoyment or fulfillment. So we're going to tap into what they did, why and how they pivoted careers. I talked to you in the first half of the year about how to master the pivot. So we'll talk to people who actually have to prove to you that it can happen. It can absolutely happen. April was a month of looking at yourself in the mirror and appreciating what you see instead of putting yourself down, bringing your best self to the table in an interview or as a leader and finding a way to blend work and life in a way that's advantageous. We spoke to some amazing people who help people do that each and every day. It started with Shermaine Melton, a self-proclaimed advocate for staring at the imposter in the mirror and making friends with them once and for all. Because as he said, you cannot get rid of the imposter syndrome. It's like a virus you can't get rid of. It only affects you if you let it flare. If you let it flare. We live within a culture of overcome. Be the best. Be the first. Be the fastest. Be the most elite. And we make ourselves literally crazy trying to perfect things. And if it's not perfect, then it's not good enough. And the truth is, the only thing we control is the way we come across or the way we react and respond to things. Shermaine was really clear. If you feel you aren't good enough, that will show. If you don't believe yourself to be the very best candidate for the job, you won't be. Self-fulfilling prophecies are built on the premise that what is perceived is always true, and it's not. It could be that misperception or the assumption or that monkey on your back that tells you, no, you can't do it. If you say you can't, you won't. You can, you should, but there's literally this switch in your head. And we talked a little bit about it in the first half of the year, the reticular activating system, RAS, that is programmed when you tell yourself these self-limiting things. 
you give up. It turns the switch off in your head. You won't be able to answer the right questions. You won't come across as having any type of self-worth or trust that you can do something. All of those things we talked about in April, and they were tied to that one thing, that ability to be your best self in the mirror, in an interview, as a leader, as a person. And that which you focus on expands. If you believe yourself to be the best, most wealthy, happiest person in the world, does that mean it's all be true? It means that you will more positively shower yourself with praise and acceptance so that the stuff you don't have will matter less. That's coming from a place of abundance. That's what abundance is. You may not have that shiny car you want. You may not have the job you want. But if you treat yourself kindly and you reward the little things, those other things you know you'll get in time if you keep pushing and you won't feel so downtrodden. We talked a lot about that during the month of April. I'm not telling you to lie to yourself. I'm telling you to dream big with wonder and amazement, like a child. As children, we're often asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we say these outlandish things. I want to be a princess. I want to be a trapeze artist. Very nonsensical things because in a young child's mind, they just see what they hear in stories. But it's wonder and amazement. And now that we're grown, we talk about what might have been. When I was young, when I was in college, I went to school to do this. 90% of us don't do what we went to school to do. So that's just an excuse. Once you surround yourself with the, the positive, the wonder and amazement, the negative is going to wash away, but it takes incremental steps. And we'll talk to some pretty amazing people in the back half of this year who make those things happen. Activists, advocates, so many people who are just as you are right now waiting for change, but without action, not how it works. One of the hardest things about coaching and developing other people, and it's something I've never quite understood and it still happens. The... People that come to coaches think that we're going to do the work for them, that we're going to manifest a job for them. We're going to do all the hard work. That's not how it happens. You need to lead your life or your life will lead you. Dave Davis spoke to that in his April podcast on 52 weeks. No one is going to give you an invitation to lead people or to lead your own life. No one. You have to step up and take initiative. Didn't get the training, not on anyone's radar, all of these excuses. That's no excuse. Get your hands on every leadership book. If you've become a manager and no one gave you training and they don't have it at your company, get every leadership book, podcast, LinkedIn learning tutorial you can and smother yourself in knowledge. Don't wait for permission. Just do it. Give yourself the gift of engaging in your own education. No one is going to do it for you. And if that company doesn't support your growth and development, maybe that's an indication that's not where you should be working. In our second half of this year, we're going to empower leaders with invitations to be their best selves. Because if they're their best selves, their teams usually are too. Satisfaction rates go up and turnover goes down. We're going to explore the six C's of being a conscious leader. Connect with people, communicate effectively, clarify what success looks like, champion it and empower your team to bring them the glory of recognition, coach them where the gaps are and collect feedback, always collect feedback to be better. Always aim for better. Be your best self first. We talked about when your best isn't good enough. We did do that. I'm not saying we're blind to that part of it. Jen Laidlaw kicked off the month, recognizing that some months, some companies simply don't walk the talk. And it followed up with an opportunity to arm you with the five best questions 
to ask a company on an interview to determine if the company you're prospecting walks the talk. And when they don't, when you've been late, let go, laid off, I told you that may be the best damn thing that ever happened to you, approaching it with an abundance mindset. You didn't want me, someone else will, and I'm going to be happier. And that is a really good opportunity if you've been laid off to think about where are you in your career? Amy Fouth talked about the ability to recognize where you can go from where you sit today to where you would rather be. And our last episode in May was Stephanie Simpson serving up the notion that this is what it means to be a conscious leader is to rev people's engines, get people thinking about what they could be, all they can be. And Jay Marks followed Stephanie's episode with one of his own on how leaders operating at that level of consciousness build trust. We talk about tapping into a strong energy and self-efficacy with Vicki Abelson and closed out the first half of the year with a really strong episode with Rolanda Sumner last week, where she capitalized on the same frustrations I just expressed with regard to taking ownership of your career path. No one is going to give you a ticket to the dance. That's not how it works. If you listen to the episodes from the first six months, again, I promise you, you will get pearls of wisdom that will help you operate with an abundance mindset. Set a plan in place to forward the action. Understand where, what, when, and how you can do better in your career with what you have. It doesn't give you an invitation to do these things. It gives you a license to do it, an obligation to do it for you. If you're listening to this podcast for any reason, it's because you don't want to be where you are professionally. So buckle up because we're going to take the next 26 weeks by storm. We're going to empower you further. We're going to provide the coaching you aren't getting at work or from your hired coaches. We're going to bring guests to the table who have real advice and experience, who don't talk around the issues, but actually enable people to make things happen. That's who I am. That's what 52 Weeks of Empowerment is all about. I thank you for listening. We kick the back half of the year off next week. Same time. Same place, even more power. Have a good week.